Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Abby Draper, Communication and Engagement Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. And after you finish this episode, please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. If you're a student or recent grad searching for a job in accounting, OSCPA can help. This fall, we will unveil Launch, a guide to future employment in Ohio. This is a free service for student members and provides information about and contact information for firms and companies all in one location. So whether you're looking for a career or an internship, Launch will provide you with the employer's client services, hiring practices, exam fee coverage, firm accolades, culture and diversity initiatives, benefits, and more. In this episode, I spoke with Lee Mascolino, Director of Career Development at Ohio Wesleyan University, and Mark Ships, Ohio Wesleyan Career Center volunteer and alumnus. They provided the same great advice for job searchers as they would provide for Ohio Wesleyan students and alumni. Using the following tips and OSCPA's launch tool could help you land your dream job. Here's what Lee and Mark had to say about networking, job searching, creating a resume, and interviewing, especially in a virtual environment. Lee, can you walk me through a few common interview questions and how to respond? Absolutely. Yeah, I love um, talking through this because there's a lot of really key strategies that will help you go into the interview feeling a lot more confident. And so the most common questions that are really important to prepare for is first, I would say the tell me about yourself question. Hmm. At one point or another, this comes out and they want to hear about you. And and um, recruiters like to leave this open-ended because they want to hear what you have to say and you know what you will bring into your answer. So the key thing to the tell me about yourself answer is that you really skim the surface of what you want them to know about you. It's almost like dangling the carrot, you know, get there, get them intrigued and interested in many different areas of your background and your life so that they can ask more follow-up questions as you go further into the interview. Um, The other key thing with this question is that you really provide some good information about how you operate, some of your strengths, some of your values. It's so important to know that and to really integrate those into just about every question, especially this first one. And I always really like to have people end this question with just something that is personal to you, you know, some hobbies, some things that you really enjoy doing um, because they want to get to know you on a personal level and form those connections as well. So you really kind of highlight, you know, here's where I'm from, here's what I've been doing professionally, walking them through that, here's what I'm really good at, and here's some things I enjoy doing. Um, The strengths and weaknesses question is also really important. So this one is um, one that I just, I love working with people to prepare on because you want to get really clear about what are your top strengths, and three is a good number. So know what are your top three strengths, have a short example for each of those, And I'm a big advocate for the Strengths Finder assessment because it helps you identify words that are going to be really unique and that aren't just the same words they've heard over and over. So I think it's nice. Um, And then paired with a short example, it makes it powerful. 
With your weakness, this is an opportunity to really be truthful, but you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. A lot of times your strength can be a weakness in return. Um, I would caution the perfectionist as an example of a weakness because I hear that 80% of the time. It's good to show how you really have something unique to you. So maybe your strength is that you have empathy, but your weakness is that sometimes that can get into the way when you have to make a tough decision. You know, so you can see how to answer that. The important thing with the weakness is that you talk about what you're doing to overcome it, not just what the weakness is. Let me add something, Abby. Um, th thanks, Lee. Those are great answers. The, the, the one, especially on the, the tell me about yourself question, uh, that's going to be asked as a first question probably nine times out of ten. So the neat thing about that is you can prepare for that. And yeah, you don't want to memorize it, but but uh, especially in a today in in uh, interviews that are going to be done over Zoom or some sort of um, electronic media, uh, you you can have have the answers or you can have the four or five points that you want to make sitting in front of you. So be prepared for that. I also I like to add a little twist since it's usually the first question. I like to to uh, advise to have the interview the person being interviewed say thank you. It really kind of sets back the interviewer because they're taking, they're taking time out of their day to do that. And one more thing, um, this is the, that question allows you to begin this whole process of connecting um, and connecting your strengths, your educational strengths, your background, in some cases works, work or internships with the requirements of the, of the job and with the company. Fit is so important and fit is a really important component of, of interviewing. Um, and that's how you present yourself, but it's also how your capabilities uh, fit. And the only way you can know that is by research. So researching before um, interviews so that you can write down the four or five key points that an organization is what they're looking for, what specific uh, capabilities they're looking for, and maybe something about the organization that is unique that you can talk about that, that attracts you to that organization. I know it's really important for the people being interviewed to also ask questions, and I think that stumps a lot of people. Um, so what are some examples of questions an interviewee should ask during a job interview? Yeah, I'm glad you're asking about that because it, it does come to a surprise to many people, and it really makes such a big impression, the questions that you come prepared with. So, you know, I'd like to think about this in a few ways. You know, one is that you want to show that you're thinking about being at the job. So if you were to be given the offer today, what would you want to know before accepting the job? So first remembering that they're not just interviewing you, you're interviewing them. And consider what you need to know to make a decision. And that often prompts a lot of questions around, you know, training and opportunities for advancement and the day in the life and really just getting those in-depth questions. So first ask questions for you. Second, you want to show them that you're already planning to be successful in the job. So you want to be thinking ahead, you know, down the road, kind of asking questions around, you know, if I were to start next month, what would be my top priority? Or what's made past candidates successful in this job? What traits have you really admired in people who've worked in this position? And so that kind of helps them realize, okay, this, this person really wants to be successful and is asking questions to be prepared. Um, then you also want to get to know personally, you know, the people that you're going to be around and what the culture is going to be like. 
So asking questions around the culture is a big, big one I would always recommend. And asking the people in the room, you know, why do you enjoy working here? And what's made you want to stay here for X number of years? Um, everyone likes to share a little bit about themselves. And so this gets everyone talking, which is nice. And finally, you always want to remember to ask that follow-up question. You know, when will I be hearing back? Um, you know, is it okay if I contact you in a couple of weeks if I don't? You know, making sure that you leave being really confident about what your next steps are so you're not left in the dark. I might add that, again, to follow up on this idea of researching the organization that you're considering joining, um, you might even ask, where does my position fit in the organization? Um, and who, who might I be working with? And if by chance, it's a smaller organization, oftentimes some of the smaller, to use the example of accounting firms are smaller, um, maybe there's a principle that you'd be working with that you could reinforce that um, you found their name on, on, on the website or something like that. Again, showing your interest, um, that, that can sometimes make a huge difference. Um, if there are two or three equal candidates and someone has done their research and has spent enough time to, to really, um, understand the organization, that can, that can make the difference uh, when, when all the rest of the capabilities are equal. With COVID-19, many parts of the job search are now virtual. So what advice do you have for video and phone interviews? Mark, you want to take this? Sure. Um, one of the things that if you do everything else, if you've done your research and you've prepared and you've practiced, Make sure and set up your space uh, or find a space um, where my space is probably not too good, but I'm not interviewing today because I got so much distraction behind me. Um, if you can have it uh, more like Lee's with it's a little bit bland so that you're not being distracted when people are looking. So set up your space um, neat and uncluttered. Uh, you want you want to look good. You want to look like it was a face-to-face -face interview. Um, if you would normally dress up uh, for that type of an interview, do that um, for a face-to-face -face interview um, on Zoom or whatever that may be. Be organized. Uh, like Lee said, lay out your information, your resume, the summaries of your research about the company, these points of connection that I referred to before, um, maybe five points of connection where your strengths connects with the company. They can be sitting in front of you. Um, that's, that's one of the advantages of a remote interview that you don't have with a face-to-face -face interview. You wanna be smooth and conversational, just like you would. You wanna make eye contact. Don't be looking around the room like this. So make eye contact with your camera um, and figure that out. Now, where is the camera on, on your computer? Some of them are in different spots. Um, let's see. I, I, one other thing at the end, um, you wanna be pretty firm in terms of scheduling the follow-up from the interview. That's really, really important. And it's something that we oftentimes miss. The interview is over, maybe you've asked a question or two about the company, and that's a great time to say, okay, now what's the, the next step? Um, I'm ready for the next step, whatever that may be. And that's gonna bring forth hopefully a response that um, leads you to the next step in the process. And at the end, I said it at the beginning with the first question, Make sure you say thank you. People are taking time out of their day to, to interview you, and uh, a thank you is, is a great way to end that conversation. So what are some tips for building an excellent resume? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could talk about this for a long time. I was going to say, you can write a, write a book about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
really, when it comes to the resume, I'll just talk, say a couple of things and then Mark, you can jump in. Um, when it comes to the resume, the first thing is you just want to make sure it captures their attention. And so what that really looks at is the format is, is nicely laid out. It's easy to find the content that you look for. Um, it's important to have a strong um, qualification statement. And I'll have Mark talk a little bit more about that. Um, you want to make sure there's five C's for success that I recommend. So it's clear, it's well organized, it's concise, it's to the point, but at the same time it's complete. You don't want to just list what you've done. You want to dig into it and really bring in those skills, accomplishments, numbers, quantifiable information, whatever you can that really sets you apart. It's consistent. So if you see a resume where the spacing is off and things are all over the place, it looks messy and that's not your best work. And that's current and up to date. You need to make sure it's those five things and you don't need to make it too fancy. You know, using templates, templates is not always the best way, um, but you just want to make sure it is a good reflection of your professional kind of presence. So mm. Mark, what do you have to add to that? Well, and I would, I would add, especially um, in the accounting field, you know, people tend to, to want to dress up their resumes to look kind of, almost artsy. Um, and, and I'm not sure that sells well in the accounting field. Be, uh, as Lee said, you really match up uh, to, the, to the field that you're looking for. Um, she mentioned the qualification statement. Uh, all all the, the data that we, he, we, we hear and, and feedback we get is that today, especially with uh, the electronic submission of, of resumes and that sort of thing, um, most people are getting hundreds, maybe a thousand resumes for an individual position. So it's taking them so long to get through. They're actually having third parties in some cases going through doing word searches for the for the, the right words that they're looking for. And again, it goes back to what we talked about before. Maybe if you're using the right words, you're gonna get, get through the word search, but the qualification summary at the top. Um, the other information we get is that most people will, will Finish reading a resume if they're if, if you really grab them with what you put in at, at the top of the resume. Qualification statement is is essentially your elevator speech, um, but very short. Um, and it and it is a summary of this connection um, to to the the opportunity and to the company. So it's it's in uh, two or three sentences or three or four sentences and maybe or maybe three or four bullets. Um, it really is our uh, short statements that connect you to the organization and to the responsibilities of the job. And it needs to be hard hitting because if you want someone who's got 500 resumes to look through to continue and to put your resume in the good pile to look at later on, you want to grab them um, with that very first part of the resume. So that's extremely important. And I think it's become more and more, more, and more important. One other thing, especially um, for a field like accounting, um, I, uh, people get hung up on one page, um, and a lot of people today are doing so many internships, and that's a great thing. It's a wonderful opportunity to get those internships on your resume. Don't worry if you go to a page and a quarter. Uh, don't, don't be too wordy just to get to a page and a quarter. You want it to be concise. But if you've got lots of experience and, and um, academic uh, honors and that sort of thing that you want to get in there if you're an undergraduate looking for a position, it's okay to go to a page and a quarter. Don't go to two pages probably, um, but that's one of the big hangups today. People trying to get everything, squeeze everything on one page and it, and it looks too jumbled up in some cases. Yeah, and as Mark was you know, saying, 
those the research that you do you know the job description keywords are just going to be really important to include um, you know there's different resume scanners out there that are becoming more and more popular for employers to use and so they may be scanning for those words um, so looking at the job description incorporating those words you can use tools like onet as well which is um, a great platform it kind of gives you some bullets and statements for different jobs and so you can see if you have that kind of information in your resume too um, but really yeah it's about setting yourself apart and making sure that they spend the 20 to 30 seconds to read your resume because that's maybe all you're going to get yeah, that's but right. you want to make an impression in that amount of time and so reeling them in at the top even if i've heard a lot of people say but i'm also submitting a cover letter should i still have this and that's a great question you want your statement at the top your summary your qualification statement to be completely distinct from your cover letter you do not want to copy and paste that in your cover letter um, but it is a way of in three sentences summarizing your experience whereas in your cover letter you're connecting your experience to them specifically and kind of showing them hey you're looking for someone with these skills here's how i have gained these skills or these experiences mm -hmm. so they are different and you can have both how would you recommend young professionals stay positive when getting no responses to applications and even <laughs> rejections <laughs> Yeah, so it's, you know, kind of along with what we've been saying, but also one quote that I remember hearing, and, and this is um, in uh, What Color Is Your Parachute? I would recommend that book. It's um, really detailed, has a lot of good statistics in it, but they talk about how statistically you usually need to get 20 rejections to get that yes. Yeah. And that's maybe just for the interview, you know, so knowing that every rejection is getting you closer to that yes. And if you go into the search with the right mindset, that really helps. For me, when I had graduated from grad school, I was in a specialized career counseling program. So I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Like, this is not gonna be hard. I, I know everything I need to do. And it still took me months to find that first job because it can be really challenging when you don't have a background of you know, full-time work experience and you're trusting an employer to take you in and and give you that position when there are other people with more experience so it does take time knowing that it's going to help and just knowing that you can be patient and just keep asking for help keep networking keep doing what you're doing don't let yourself get down but also you know just really enjoy you know the some of the extra free time and some of the extra opportunities that you have for volunteering or connecting with people in different ways because what i found out is through all those experiences I volunteered, I talked with people, and mm -hmm. they've now been part of my network for years. And you bump into them years later, and it's just so wonderful. So um, as Mark said, keeping that positive mindset is so important, and really understanding what makes you great and continuing to communicate that. So I would add, if you get rejected, um, you can learn from each one of those experiences. Um, that First of all, you, you may have made a great impression on the organization, but there may have been someone who was just a little bit better than you. And, and oftentimes uh, organizations will put, put your name on the list for the, for the next time, uh, next opportunity. And I've had a couple of those recently where the individual did not get the position and is actually on a list now for, for uh, when they hire someone else as people, especially today as companies are hiring back 
um, have either lost people or let people go, they're hiring back. So that's important today. And also, if you can, find out uh, where, where you didn't meet the mark. Um, to, to ask for a, a post-interview uh, um, review from, from the company or the organization is fair. And you can say, um, why didn't I get the job? Um, you can ask it in a in better way than that, but I think it's important to get the feedback to understand how you can do better the next time. Um, I would also say, especially today for, for college students um, who are applying, and this even applies to um, internships, as if you've recently graduated and it's frustrating and people aren't hiring, make sure that you do something. As Lee said, volunteer, get a part-time job. Um, you you really you got to fight the depression of not having work. I mean, it's really really important. And and we talked about it from losing your job. If you're a veteran, it works the same way with someone who's younger. You can get depressed and you can kind of hang around home and. Um, that's maybe not the best way to get the job. So there are part-time job opportunities, work half days or work nights, and, and then work your daytimes trying to find a job. And we talked about this a little bit too, but how do you determine if a job is a right fit for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love this question. And in addition to thinking about those questions that we talked about in that very first one, you know, what questions you ask the interviewer, what's really key here, again, is going back to yourself and what you know about yourself. So what I do with a lot of people that I work with is I have them identify their critical values, their critical factors. And so these are things that, you know, you really need to have. It could be pay location. It could be a lot of times those values, like is there a challenge? Are you helping people? Are there, you know, those kind of components. Um, what I found in my um, first job, you learn a lot when you start working and it's not a good fit. And so you learn what questions you really need to ask in your next interview. But I realized that variety is so important to me, along with growth. Those are just really key. And I really just wasn't getting those in that first job, even though on paper it looked great. When I got into the role, the supervisor wasn't the right fit. You know, I wasn't getting the challenge and the growth. And so when I've interviewed after that, I've been sure to really ask those questions, really pay attention to the dynamic in the team and the culture so that you can know like, okay, there will be opportunities for me to live out these values. Because a mistake people make is just the grass is greener, whatever job I can get is fine, or it's gonna be better than where I'm currently at. And you really have to be careful because I have a lot of people that I've, um, not necessarily people I've worked with, just people in my life especially, who've kind of taken that approach without really doing their research and asking those key questions and just kind of taking the first one that comes their way and then maybe it's not a good fit. So you really have to pay attention, interview them just as much as they're interviewing you. And it might be a hard decision sometimes of saying no to an opportunity because you really are trusting your gut instincts. We, we always get the question, it, it's compensation um, and pay. And, and, and it, I just suggest to people to be careful because pay is one thing, compensation is something else. And compensation is much broader Compensation includes your pay. It includes your benefits. It includes some of the some of the non-monetary benefits of working at an organization. Um, maybe they're going to provide educational benefits. Maybe they're going to provide uh, an opportunity to get into a segment of the industry that's very unique. Um, and and in law, there's some some firms that specialize today in in very specific areas of environmental. 
um, and that sort of thing that, that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So it goes beyond pay. Now, if you've got two jobs that are you on paper are exactly equal and one is paying better than the other, then maybe that makes your decision for you. But I've always been a believer that fit is more important than compensation. Um, Lee wanted to make sure young professionals remember they have the power to negotiate after receiving a job offer. I think the only other final thing kind of, in a way, going along with what Mark was saying about compensation, I do agree with that, um, but also kind of remembering that you do have the power to negotiate. Mm -hmm. So if there is a position that looks really exciting and it's just they're offering you something that seems low, this is an opportunity to negotiate, but there's a really key way to go about it. First, I would always, always recommend getting them on the phone or talking to them in person instead of sending an email, even if that seems yep. less daunting. It's yep. better because you can backtrack. You can, if they're like, oh no, we can't go anywhere near that. You can be like, okay, well, thank you. You know, I'm still very interested. Versus an email, I've talked to people where an offer could get rescinded, but I have not heard of that with a phone conversation. Um, additionally, you want to use a phrasing like, I would feel more comfortable with. So in this case, you're not saying I wouldn't accept the job, but I would feel more comfortable. You want to include data if you can. Glassdoor is your friend. You can see actual data from the company on what people are making if it's a bigger company. Um, and you also can, you know, research online as well. There's a lot of different salary websites that can give you that information. Um, so you also can negotiate beyond salary. You know, you can negotiate. Um, yeah you know, extra comp time or vacation, you can negotiate um, for, like for me, actually, I, there was a lot of areas that I negotiated when I moved to OWU, which included transferring some sick time and included, you know, I have a, a practice on the side, so making sure that that was okay. And um, it's a good chance because you have the power at that moment when you have the offer and you have not accepted it, that is the most power you will ever have and then once you accept it, you're in, that's it. You're, you know, you're, you have to follow the same protocol as everyone else. But that is your kind of sweet spot. Thanks again to Lee and Mark for joining us today. We hope this advice will help you through your job search now and in the future. Don't forget to follow us on social media. If you like the podcast, spread the word on social or leave us a review. Thanks for listening.